Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Torashek podcast. It is that time of the year where we get ready to log off, take a few days off and spend a bit of time with our families and maybe less time with our phones. But when you're taking a downtime, we will still have new podcasts ready for you over the Christmas period. Lots of exclusives available on patreon.com forward slash Torashek. Where right now, for example, you can find the podcast we just did with the three lads, the three senior hurlers, Owen, Polly, and Roman of the Ditch on the review of 2023 and their plans indeed for 2024. Available right now on patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. So please click the link, join us there, get access to our entire back catalogue entirely plea free, including lots and lots of exclusives lined up over the next few weeks. And you'll be doing us the favour of helping this little platform keep going into 2024. I say it all the time, it is the easiest bit of activism you can do. If you're getting something out of it, this is the way to give it back. Patreon.com forward slash Tortoiseshack. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks, we've been dying to give ourselves a little treat, Martin. It's been great to get, you know, we do a lot of heavy politics. We do. We've covered wall-to-wall Gaza. I will say... There's a petition to bring Zach home, bring Zach Hania home. His family have been have been released is the, is the word I'm using. And I'm sorry, but I don't care. Israel allowed them through the Rafah crossing, but they kept Zach back in, in Gaza. He's still there now. And there is a petition that we want you all to sign. And I put it on the last podcast and not enough of you signed it. So please sign the bloody thing. It'll be on the bottom of this podcast now. So that's, that's, that's enough of that for now. Martin, um, you're, you look like you're tired. Is it, is it, um, were you putting up Christmas decorations all night? Is that what it was? I've been, I've been practicing rap battling for this, Tony. <laughs> I've been practicing. I have put on my cap, do the rap. You see, I'm, I'm down with it already. I really am. I, I am um I am mortified so I might cut all that out. Uh we're delighted to be We're delighted to be joined on the podcast by uh Scott Moore, aka Scomo, all the way from Straban. And uh Scott, it's great to see you and how are you keeping? It's been how do you put this? Tumultuous. How are you keeping? Yeah, good good afternoon, Tony. Um yeah, uh the, I I think like if you told me on Tuesday morning uh, that I would be in a rap battle with Conor McGregor uh, over Twitter via voice and voice notes and video uh, and that he would challenge me to a fight. Uh, yeah, like my, my brain probably would have exploded if you told me that or if you'd show me the screenshots. But yeah, that's 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 what's happened. Um, so like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like it's it's a it's a fairly surreal thing to happen, you know. Uh, I'm I'm under no illusions about that, but like I've I've always like I've always believed in I suppose speaking my mind, you know, like if someone's in my mind, I'm gonna say it, and I'm not gonna back down whenever I'm challenged on it. Uh, and yeah, I, I think there's 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 really a whole lot. Like I, I did achieve some at the end of the day, you know, uh, this this week, uh, and uh, yeah, like it has been tumultuous. You are quite right, you know. Just give us a sense of how big out of proportion. All of this has been, I mean, before before this blew up, you know, were you a big social media character? A lot of people know you. Or has this just gone boom? Well, like, it's it's not my first time. Like, this is probably, like, the most, um, probably the most public attention I've had, uh, I, I would say, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, I, but it's not the first time I've been, I've been in the public eye before. So before, before battle rap, uh, like 
my first love, so to speak, was was politics. Uh, I was in I was a member of the Alliance Party uh, for eight years, uh, from 2013 to 2021. Uh, I'm no longer a member of the Alliance Party or any political party. Uh, but I did stand as a as a council election candidate back in 2019. So there there would have I would have had a little bit of pro- public profile in that way. And uh, obviously, like I've I've been. <laughs> I've been pretty active in social media over the years. Like I've been in, I've been in Facebook and uh, in recent years more so Twitter. Uh, so like I've got into different scrapes and different. It's some um, segue to go from, from uh, political uh, candidate to uh, rap battler with Conor McGregor. I mean, that is a big, uh, a big shift. Yeah, no, you know, you know, you're 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 quite right. Um, I think what what I would say is like, you know, I I have I have had public profile before. Um, I think for me, like, I was always interested in politics whenever I was younger. I was always in, like, whenever like whenever I was a teenager, like that was really like I was very much really focused on that. But at the same time, like I had other interests as well. Like I, I was always interested in rap music. So from a, from about twelve or thirteen, uh, I would have been like writing like 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 rap freestyles and rap uh tracks and different things like that not not massively sophisticated you know what i mean but we all have to start somewhere and i would have like later on 13 or 14 i would have actually started listening to proper rap music uh so eminem and uh sort of 90s classic hip-hop uh as well uh but like i was never like i was never i never really got into the swing of writing music and making music properly i don't think i think i always find that challenging uh, because like there wasn't really a deadline to work towards, and I always felt that sense of uncertainty whenever I wrote uh, tracks and things like that. Uh, that you know I couldn't be sure that whether or not it was good enough. Because whenever you're like, I know you are saying I'm from Strabane, like I'm from Strabane area, but like I'm from outside a village uh, near Strabane, so I'm from outside Ardagarvan. Uh, there's not there's not much of a hip hop scene in Ar- there's no hip hop scene in Ardagarvan. <laughs> I am the Ardagarvan hip hop scene. Uh, there's a few there's a few rappers in Strabane. Like if you've ever heard of Jared I Two or HC Baby or people like so there's there's always been a couple or two like a few rappers in Strabane, but not really a massive scene, obviously. And I think like whenever you're not part of a scene, you don't necessarily have the people around you that are that are gonna have the courage or the conviction to say uh this is good keep doing this this is bad and so it's difficult to develop as an artist in that way and that was something i always lacked uh until i became part of the battle rap community and i remember i had my tryout um i had my tryout at my first rap battle in 2018 uh and I, i recall i had a choke in it uh, and um, I think the guy I was against had more experience than me, and the consensus was I sort of got beat. And I sort of walked in, like back in 2018, right? September 2018, I walked in, and I sort of had in my mind that I would I had this material ready. I was going to say this material, and the whole crowd was going to go wild, and everybody I was going to be perched up on somebody's shoulders, and the whole crowd would be cheering me on. And I got there, I had me choke, uh, and mm, didn't really, you know, didn't really pop off the way I expected, you know? And but like I did you uh, did you watch that scene from the Eminem movie where he did just just that that exact thing? Eight mile, uh, you mean, um, Martin? And, 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 eight and, mile, and, that was it. Yeah, yeah eight, mile, eight mile is mo- yeah. Sorry, no, no, no. It's got, it's got. No, no. It's just just in Martin's in Martin's to to Martin's question though. Like I mean, 
you know, you went in, you said you had your choke, you went in and you decided you're going to, you're going to stick with it. But I'm more kind of interested. You said, you know, you're listening to Eminem, you listen to nineties, nineties hip hop. Um, yeah. rap battle was very different in terms of, you know, yes. uh, there was, there was, so, so, you know, was it like, what, like, how do you go from Strabane to saying, well, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna give this a go. That's like me saying, I've had a few funny tweets. Now I'm going to go and actually do, do stand-up comedy, you know? that's It's yeah. a big joke. We are about two weeks away from that. Do you know what my problem is, Tony? Like, I, whenever I try to explain something, I go off on that many tangents and I go off on that many nooks and crannies and sub-details and brackets. And I ramble for that long, you know, but I'm... I, I'm <laughs> I'm 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 gonna try and answer your question as best I can. So I was in like whenever I was young, whenever I was a teenager, I was interested in rap. I was interested in politics. I was interested in like uh, kids of different religious beliefs being treated equally in schools. And I campaigned. I went to councils and I campaigned and I said there should be a change in the law to to ensure that uh, you, you we're not making kids go to Christian prayers and assemblies. You know, so that was another thing. And I got compared to Hitler by a counselor whenever I was 17, uh, a fella called William Blair, uh, TUV, uh, and on Causeway Coast and Glens, compared me to Hitler, Stalin, and Chairman Mao for campaigning for that. But that's a whole other thing, right? But I have various interests, right? But like, <laughs> I think what it is, it's like I've always, like, I, there was a time when I was trying to juggle both politics and battle rap. So, like, I had my first battle, uh, my first proper battle in front of a crowd, September 2018. Stood in the council elections, May 2019. Uh, had my second battle, July 2019. I was trying, I was sort of trying to do the both, you know. Uh, and um, but like I think COVID happened, uh, and like I was sort of, I sort of got to a stage in 2019 when I was more focused in politics. So I sort of took a back seat in the battle rap, uh, and then COVID happened in 2020. I left Alliance in May 2021. Around the time lockdown was kind of beginning to ease a little bit. Uh, and I ended up having my first my first battle back in front of a crowd was September 2021. And that was sort of the beginning of my active run. So like I, I'd only done two battles in person before then, you know. So like I, whereas like since then I've been doing battles, like at some points I've been doing that battles every two months, that kind of thing so much more frequently. But I think to, to go back to your question of what, like I've always had various interests. I think for me, politics has been about wanting to make an impact on the world around me and wanting to do something meaningful that, that matters that matters with my life. Uh, and sort of like, I feel that I have a, vo- a voice. I feel like I have something of value to add to the world. I feel like, you know, and I feel like everybody has a right to feel that way. Everybody has a right to be able to participate and to be able to add their their two cents, so to speak. Uh, and like I've always I've always had a bit of resentment for the way politics works in practice and the way democracy works in practice. Because do, do, if do you, you think, think about it, like, can I ask? Do you think social media equalizes that? That it gives everybody an opportunity to have a voice? On paper, yes. In practice, no, because it's corporations that control the algorithms and the algorithms aren't made public. So the corporations are going to attune the algorithms according to what makes money, which is often what turns people against each other and stirs conflict and channels uh, dissent uh, and discord uh, in in such a way that it's diffused rather than being collected up uh, into something that can actually like be used as, as a as a as a fount or as a 
basis I, for action. But, but Scott, that's Scott, Scott just, just can we, can we? Okay, so let's let's just rewind the I tape back. You, you said no, 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 no. I'm enjoying this, but I want to actually. Do you know what? Um, I should have probably said said this at the outset. You're 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 a member of the neurodiverse community. You certainly have a brilliant brain, as people can hear as you as you fly uh, fly along and waiting for us to keep up with you. Can I ask in terms of in terms of um, your your foray into politics? Did you did you feel then that like that that actually prepared you for 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 having those because um, the element of battle rap is the battle part, you know, and this and and then yeah. on the flip side, did that did yeah. that play well when you go back and you're maybe having a hustings or or or, or a debate? Does was there was there a, 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 a the Venn diagram over overlap there for you actually? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's that's definitely one way of putting it. Uh, I think the way I see it is, whenever I got into politics, like whenever I became a council candidate, and when, even whenever I was an activist uh, with ambitions of being a council candidate, I had a certain idea in my mind of how I wanted to progress in politics. So my idea was like, on the one hand, I want to go out and I want to knock doors and I want to canvas and I want to convince people to vote for me. And I want to get elected so that I can be in a position where I can make an impact. On the other hand, the party that I was in at that time did not reflect all of my values and it, and it still doesn't. And it's, it's, I've now learned that it's not going to. And I left in 2021. So on the one hand, I had in mind that I wanted to win elections so as to make a positive impact. But on the other hand, I wanted to try and reform my party from within well, and I wanted to change policies and change processes, right? So that was the modus operandi whenever I was in party politics. The modus operandi in battle rap is to win is to win battles. I suppose like the first thing I had to figure out was having good performances, uh, performances that, you know, because I started like I, in terms of what other people thought of me, whenever I started in battle rap, I started from a low point. I started from a really low point. Uh, people did not think I was very good, but I basically had to throw the kitchen sink at it uh, and really study and really uh, put in the graft and like but the, the, battles the, and well, the sorry, like on. being it, being being in the alliance party, uh, you, you know, at some level, at least that prepared you for the battle end. That you know, losses were you were going to keep going regardless of well, losses. well, no, the, the, the alliance the, party always the, the, the has. More, the more interesting question is the, is what you've just how you've just framed it. Now, I will um, say we've regularly had Kate Nickel on this podcast um, from the Alliance Party. Um, we are very we you know we speak to people in the Green Party in the North. We speak to people as I said we we we're our stable mates are the lads in Shrapnel podcast and and you know Sam McElwain is is a, a lefty a lefty loyalist himself. Politics in the North is 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 quite different than many other places. You said yeah. there a minute ago that the Alliance Party weren't going to fulfill what 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 you were what you went into politics for. So what did you go into politics for? Well, I think I should I should make clear like whenever I joined Alliance, I was fifteen, right? So I had a particular interpretation of politics when I was fifteen years old, and that evolved. Uh, and my like. If I'm Martin, being honest, was, right, Martin, like, Martin was in Fine Gael when he was 15, so don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, out of that, will you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I may as well have been in Fine Gael when I was 15, you know, if I was in Alliance. But as I say, um, <laughs> uh, I think, like, whenever I got in the Alliance, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, right? My, I, I wasn't very politically educated. 
And I think political education is quite an underrated thing. You'll have people who are in political parties, but they lack a political education. And they're in like mainstream political parties, especially oftentimes seem very focused on the art of administration and they seem focused very much in the the sort of nitty-gritty policy end of things rather than on the the broad sweep of like uh ideology and and core values and and principles and so on uh and like i'm 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 left-wing i would consider myself a democratic socialist uh and i that that was something that grew in me uh like I should, I should I should say like can I ask clear. just just be just before you move on Scott can I ask because you've experienced both the political end and rap battle for um the people that listen to rap battle yeah. up north and it's a younger demographic it just really is a younger demographic yeah is rap battle more pertinent to their lives than the politics that's around them well like I think what I should say as well is we are a subculture, right? So I don't think like it's, there's going to be a lot of people in the North as there are everywhere who are going to be interested in hip hop, who are going to be interested in rap, who are going to be interested in grime. Uh, But there's not necessarily as many people who are going to be as interested in battle rap purely because it's more of a niche subculture. Now, there may be people who watch battle rap uh, but the, the battles they watch are from 10 years ago and they might watch one or two uh, like just for their amusement. And whereas for me, like obviously I'm keep, I'm trying to keep up with the, with the cutting edge of the culture. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm quite steeped in it at, at this stage and not just in Ireland, but in, in England in uh, America and Canada as well. Uh, and I think like, you know, I would like to see battle rap grow. I, I, w- I want to see battle rap grow. And I think premier battles, uh, the league of which I'm a part, uh, they are like they they very much have their heads screwed on and in terms of growing battle rap and putting on really big events and growing the scale of it. I think like um like battle rap can be used uh, to make a social impact. It can be used to talk about one's life experiences. For me personally, the the biggest the biggest one of the biggest moments I ever had in terms of what I said in a battle was last year. I battled a fella in Scotland called Melody. Uh, and I did a bit of research and I found that Melody had said ableist slurs in some of his past battles. And at that time, like I, around that time, I got knocked out of a tournament, uh, and I lost quite a bit of momentum as far as my battle rap career went. And like, I was really, I was sort of trying to go in the comeback streak, you know, and in particular, like, I felt like, like there was a few times in my battle rap career up to that point where, you know, I talked about being autistic and I used autism as like sort of the, the punchline and bars you know and and i didn't think that that was there was anything wrong with that because i, I thought to myself well i'm getting attention i'm getting a reaction but then whenever whenever like in previous instances where i did that i saw it like i sort of got this vibe that that people ha- had a certain perception of me or they they had a certain stigma like they had a certain st- stigma towards me uh in terms of like um that i was using disability as a crutch uh, or that it was the butt of a joke, or that it was a sideshow rather than somebody to be taken seriously in my own right. And so I sort of, rather than like I had a I had a bar and it was like, uh, uh, I've got autistic shitters that are bare sensitive to loud noise that so they bust it with silencers. You know, is that a bar like that? That's that's like as a punchline. You know, I had a bar. Um, uh, I've got a couple others, but I don't want to say them on here. But look, so so the, but the ableist language, and so you had all you had also kind of 
perhaps said, you know, you were using this in, in that way that, that you then re- on reflection said, actually, I shouldn't maybe, you know, use this as, 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 as a means to it. But can I, can I say there's two ways to that? There's one, it's your language. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that, there you go. Like, um, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have said that I shouldn't have said it, but I think I've just grown beyond. Like, if I, I wouldn't yeah. spit a bar, like, my autistic shooters are bare sensitive to loud noise, they bust it with silencers. I wouldn't say a bar like that these days, just because just I've grown out of it. And so, basically, the pivot point was I had a battle and I confronted my opponent for using the ableist slurs. Uh, I, I told him, you call your ops spastics every battle, so we need to have a chat. You'll say you grew up slagging your mates saying it till you're gaslighting the fans. And I went on and on, and it was like, it ended like, uh, call me a spastic again, please step aside, because disabled people are the one minority that anyone could become at any time. And I was like, up in his face, and I was like, you know, you know and like that yeah, made yeah, the crowd yeah. go wild. And then the clip, Prem, Prem Your Battles took a clip, uh, from that battle of, of that moment and they put it on Twitter uh, and they, you know, and it went, it was their most shared clip on their Twitter. I think it might still be their most, uh, the most that they've gotten views wise on a clip on Twitter still to this day. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case now, but like a year, like last year, that was the case. And it was that same clip that I posted in response to Conor McGregor whenever he took the hand out of me being a battle rapper and I posted that clip and I said, well, I'm, I'm autistic and I use battle rap to make a social impact. So it's not something that's the butt of a joke. And I knew by po- the, the, the sort of, the sort of background thinking was I knew if I posted that clip and I posted a screenshot of what Connor had said to me, I knew that people would see that and it would get traction. And if it got traction, it could elicit a response from Connor. That that was Which Conor is, McGregor. That that was the idea there. But but now honestly, I'm going to say this. And I'm sure, Martin. I'm sure for once I speak for both of us. Fuck Conor McGregor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah no, no, generally, like fuck Conor McGregor. But but um, as for the 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 ableist language, as I said. Um, you know, as someone who, you know, we've seen language evolve over time. We've had this conversation very recently and all the time about how, you know, things that were, were you know, you know the, the nonsense of, well, you can't say anything anymore. It's like, well, well yeah. what is it you want to, what, what is it you want to say? And why is it you don't? That you're being what, denied. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but there was also the, um, sectarianism in, in his, in his, uh, re- retort to you. And it was very much, you know, it was pretty much, he called you an orange bastard in, 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 in his, in his own. Yeah. Yeah. So, orange. so, so. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. But, but like, I, I, couldn't give as i said fuck conor mcgregor um yeah but i kind of find i find it quite kind of funny that we're here we are now in 2023 um you're you were a former member of the alliance party you you're uh a a, a young man making your way in the world and he and he just went straight away to the to the to the laziest trope that you could have and it showed some now i'm going to say this as 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 a as a person who wants to see United Ireland, it sent a really shitty message to people, didn't it? Well, I think what you have to keep in mind is 
Conor McGregor does not speak for the people of Ireland. The polling that's been done has shown that if he were to stand for president, which he's not going to be able to because he, he doesn't meet the basic requirements to get onto the ballot, he he would only get 8% of the vote, even if he was able to stand. So, he, And that would be people in the South because nor, people in the North don't have voting rights in presidential elections yet. So it could, if it was actually the whole of the island voting, it could be even less than eight percent, and I, think, I yeah, can yeah. pretty much guarantee you it'd be a lot less than. Yeah, it. yeah, precisely. And I think what people have to keep in mind as well is like this is somebody that wants to wrap himself in a tricolor, right? Uh, one third of the tricolor is, is orange. Now I have went back and forth about if there's a United Ireland, should there be a new flag for it? Because I'm from a Protestant background, but I'm I'm not religious. And I support a United Ireland, and I would never, I would never join the uh, Orange well, Order. Well, I, I think I can speak. For, I, I think I can return the. I think I, I think I can return the favor for Tony and say that if there was a United Ireland, we don't care if you put Mickey Mouse on no. a fucking flag. Put we Barney, simply don't put, give a put, shit. Put Barney I, the dinosaur on the flag, and I, and I and I'd still. And if it was for no, but genuinely, I just. Yeah, I, I don't care what the national anthem is. I, if you I, want to we, use jingle bells for the national we, anthem, we, knock we, yourself I, out. We, when we had um, when we had um, Colin Harvey on the first time about Ireland's future. We the only thing we agreed on was that the the new national anthem was going to be at the indie disco by the Divine Comedy. You know that was about like let's. I couldn't. I really don't care what we do. These are not important things. No, like they're no. just really not important. I, things. What's well, important? They're a little bit important. They're not. They're not like health and education and transport and ne- they're not that level of importance. But like you do need to have the flag and the national anthem up to a, a minimum standard at least. You know, I think. No, oh, no, 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 no. I I disagree. <laughs> I I've seen the the, the the Irish rugby team sing that awful song oh yeah they do they do come on if they can get away with that shit we can get away with anything honestly so so, like i mean like like, i think if if i if i could interject though like i think there is something i i think in the north right i have witnessed i've witnessed in the news and i've witnessed attitudes uh from from the people i know and the people around me and there's there are quite a lot of people who say i don't care about flags i don't care about national anthems I I just want to be able to put bread on the table, a health service that works, and uh, yeah. a schools that work. Hospital. There's people that say that to me. But what on the other hand, though, on the other hand, I think like you can't necessarily like you can't necessarily like d- like segregate out politics like that. You can't split out politics like that because it's it's all part of politics. And I know like this may not be popular with some people, but like. John Hume, like John Hume said, you can't eat a flag. And he is, he was right that you can't eat a flag. But I don't think that, I don't think that the realization of, um, uh, of, of national sovereignty for, for Ireland, I don't think that that's in, uh, I don't think that that stands like, uh, I don't think that contradicts or, uh, is an impediment to people. Uh, being able to put bread on the table and having a functioning health no, service. That's, I think uh, that, that's, 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 that's it though. So, so, so what Ireland is facing, and I didn't know if we'd go there, but I'm glad we are now. What Ireland has is, is, yeah. is not facing a threat. We have an opportunity to do it correctly. We have an opportunity to say, yeah. Look, here we are. Let's get this right. Our our nineteen yeah. our our um our nineteen twenty twenty two our nineteen twenty two um 
constitution, all our establishment, all of these things that we have. There's a lot in that that we're not too happy about. Let's refine that. Let's make this work. Yeah. And let's make yeah. it work for everybody on the island of Ireland and and make it a, a more welcoming, diverse and inclusive place. And let's end sectarianism. Not that simple. We still need to work. There's a yeah. lot of reconciliation to go. but And it's certainly um, not that simple when you can't fucking get Stormont up and running ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but yeah. Scott, Sorry. Can, can, we know, can I just, just ask you one one broad question on 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 Irish um, Northern Irish politics. The next yes. the ne- there's like this talk of Stormont actually being back after Christmas. I don't know if you've probably heard the same rumors I have. Um oh, there's there's, um, there's to- go on tell give, tell me what you're hearing because I'm told it'll be back up in January folks. Uh I I I I'm going to tell you right now Tony. I don't care. I don't care. I'll tell you, but I'll tell you what it is. Like to be fair, right? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. We would be better off if Stormont was there, right? But if Stormont comes back, we don't know how long it will be back for. It might be back for a couple of months, a few months, might be back for a year, but eventually it will come down again, and we will be back in the same position as we were before. Wanting to wanting Stormont back up and running is not enough. And there's people who will say, oh, yes, you're right. Wanting Stormont back up and running isn't enough. We also need to reform it. No, reforming it isn't enough because there's no way you can reform it that it's that it's going to be able to work. And the reason that that's the case is because Northern Ireland cannot work. And the reason Northern Ireland cannot work is because it's built on exploitation. It's like going back, going back 100 years, like... The reason Northern Ireland exists was because a line was drawn on a map in which two thirds of people were Protestants and one third were Catholics. And the Catholics were basically ended up uh, as the cleaners uh, and the servants uh, and doing servile duties for the Protestants who were working in the shipyards and in the professions and in decent public sector jobs. That was the way Northern Ireland was set up initially. So you had, you had a dynamic where basically Catholic labor was subsidizing the lifestyles of a uh, Protestant middle class. And although that although that dynamic isn't quite so stark these days because we have equal employment legislation and we've all these different measures which have which have really uh, ameliorated that and made sure that that isn't the case to anywhere near the extent that it was, you still have the same basic situation. If you go to the statistics, right, if you look at the statistics, I've, I've done a bit of work in this. If you look, um, there's deprivation statistics, right? And you can go by each district electoral area in Northern Ireland, so each different area of Northern Ireland, uh, if you go by uh, the council areas and so on, right? And the areas, uh, I, I, like there's some statistic I found, right? Like, that, like, but broadly speaking, the more Protestant an area is, the more affluent it tends to be. Yeah. And the more Catholic an area is, the more de- deprived it tends and, to be. And, and, there, are exceptions. there are exceptions. The Shankill is an obvious but, exception. There is such a thing as... But, that's a, but, but that pattern, Scott... That pattern we see where there is a, a status quo that has benefit, benefited from the the status quo, I mean, uh, that it exists. We see that in conflict right across the world. And we do, and, and, and uh, the Israel-Palestine situation at the moment, that's, that's an absolute, you know, ringer for that on, on, on 
you know, just so much worse. Martin, just, Martin, but we've Martin, seen it Martin, before. Settler colonialism, okay? Let's call it what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, and you know, we, we can be honest about it and we can say that's what it is. And, of course, the status quo never willingly gives up its privilege. It just simply doesn't. Well, you can pick away at it, I think. You can you can uh, give it a bit of a trick. It can take a hundred years. Yeah, like I'm more of a sort of tomorrow person than a, than a, in a hundred years time sort of person. That's why I'm not in a political party because, like, I think you, you know, I think I, if I if I vote these days, you know, it's it's like probably like people before profit first preference and like other left parties second, and then after that Sinn Fein. But I'm not like I'm not like you know. So I basically vote left, transfer left, basically. Uh, but what I would say is, like, I'm not a member of People Before Profit, and I don't agree with People Before Profit and everything. And, like, I, I don't think party politics is necessarily the way to go about it. And, like, since I've left Alliance, I've done a lot of thinking, trying to, like, this. it's really exasperated me sometimes. Like, I've done a lot of thinking trying to figure out because I don't want to just leave politics. I don't want to just say, right, I've left Alliance. That's it. I'm done politics. I want to be able to be political in a campaigning role where I'm putting pressure on the parties and I'm able to build up a movement. Because, like, I think if you look, like, I would aspire towards, like, what the repeal the eighth campaign did. I would aspire towards what the marriage equality campaign did, where they had a mass movement and it was, like, a horizontal organization. It wasn't about party politics. It was about grassroots people power. And I would look towards what Momentum and Jeremy Corbyn did in England and I would look towards... Bernie Sanders, uh, Bernie Sanders is a bit of a, he's uh, let the side down a bit on uh, Israel-Palestine from what I gather. So, but I think he but, would have yeah, been the best shot a few years back. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. So can I just, okay, just we want to bring this to a, to a, to a, to a close. You're not done with politics because you're clearly not. It's it's still something that's in your blood. Um, and welcome into the uh, welcome into the anarchist pool, by the way, friend. Um, uh, come come on in. The water's lovely. I never warm said over I was here. an anarchist. Oh, you're you're coming. You're you're warming up to it. You're warming up to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd say I I, can, I think I think See, maybe a fair summation is that if you wanted to change anything in politics, you wouldn't start from here. No, but but, but Martin, I just I always think is what's always very funny is that people always when they hear me and Martin talk, they always go, "Yeah, Martin's this." You know, Martin must be this uh, unapologetic leftist. And they go, yeah, they, "What they don't get is I my, my politics are are much worse, are much are much harder left." Um, but but Scott. If we could just bring this to a close, right? Okay, you you've had this incident with that gobby fucking former MMA mouth. Um, you've obviously you're you're passionate about what you do. Uh, you're also now, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, the, the 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 face of this. How was the reaction on social media? Because. That guy has so many pox bottle uh, followers. It must. It, did you did you find yourself yeah. just like having to log off? Um, not not really. Like I think, like you know, I was. I would say, like last night, you know, like I, I like I was maybe fatigued with it a little bit more than any, and not necessarily like um, sort of. Well, I was fatigued uh, l- last night. I feel a bit better today. You know, I've I've had a night's sleep, and but I think like. Any anybody I've seen just that's just giving me straight abuse or is bringing, I don't want to say negative energy, but like you know, if I don't want to hear from somebody or if I don't want to see somebody's hands on it, like I'm, 
especially at this point in time, I'm I'm blocking them. You know, I'm blocking them because most of the time, like that's it is, it. it is a load of uh, nonsense that's being talked. Uh, I think more broadly speaking, like I think I'm less worried for myself, and I'm more worried for other people that uh, might not be as able to put up with uh, uh, people. Like, there's a lot of abuse at my skin. Uh, for example, there's a lot of abuse, uh, a lot of nasty, really nasty terms um, be, that have been directed at me over my skin. And there's a lot of people that, um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of understanding of anxiety and depression. But whenever you say skin picking disorder, people don't really people think that's that seems to be a joke. People think that's a joke or people think that that's not real. Uh, and that, why don't you just stop picking your skin? Well, it, it like. Picking at your skin, like if I have a compulsion to pick my skin, that is a form of self-harm. You wouldn't tell somebody who's cutting their wrists, uh, oh, why don't you just not cut your wrists? You, of course you wouldn't. Uh, and I think, yeah, um, and there's there's just a really bad, a really nasty uh, current that we're seeing on Twitter under Elon Musk at the minute where you have very nasty people that are able to spend uh, t- uh, £8 a month or a tenner a month or whatever it is uh, to get a little blue tick beside their name as if that gives their bigotry or their ignorance any credibility. And the other thing that I'll say as well is the, the amount of people that have accused me of trying to play a disability card or play a victim card in relation to this, it's it's some, it's somewhat infuriating, I have to say. Um, a lot of these these people don't know who I am. These people would not know me from Adam if they saw him in the street. They've not spoken to me. They've not run any of these things past me but yet they say things about me that are completely detached from reality i i'm not i'm not under a victim mentality i'm not playing a victim card if somebody insults my skin when i I have a mental health condition that causes me to pick up my skin and i stand up for myself i'm not playing a victim card i'm not playing a disability card by standing up for myself if i send a tweet to conor mcgregor and i say that i'm i'm uh autistic uh, and then and I share a clip from a rap battle in which I call out an opponent for using the ableist slurs. I'm not saying, oh, Connor, you can't insult me. I'm autistic. That's not what I'm saying. I mentioned that because in relation to the clip that, that, I, that I put in that tweet, that, that, I, that I stand up for disabled people for your battle rap. That's the reason I mentioned I'm autistic. Not to say, Thanks, oh, you can't insult because I'm autistic. I'm happy enough to see McGregor face-to-face on a stage, on cam, in front of all of his fans uh, and all the world to see me beat him in a rap battle. He said to me as well, uh, you know, I'll see you in the ring. And I said, send your location. Uh, and then he said, the location's your front door in the coming days. And he deleted the tweets and he blocked me. Uh, McGregor is shook. Uh, and that was that. Then that's that's the point I should have been making throughout this interview. We, we went in a ramble about politics throughout this interview. No, and it should have been no. Do you know what? I'm I'm glad we did because I genuinely don't want to give that 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 man any more oxygen than he deserves. I, I, I just I just have to say thanks, Carl. Yeah, thanks for coming on to the conversation. I get what you're saying about yeah. the disability. I, I am a person with a disability or a disabled person, whichever you prefer, and I'm okay with both. I don't mind what people say as long as they recognize that it's there. It's not visible, but does it affect me all the time? All the time. Yes. All the time. Is it who I am? Does it define me? No, it certainly does not define me. Does it impact me? Yeah, absolutely. Have I told journalists to go fuck themselves when they said that uh, people during COVID should be allowed to die so they could open up? Go fuck yourself. Simply go fuck yourself. And I'll say it again. Go fuck yourself. Why don't you kill yourself first, you prick? 
And I will say it every single time. How dare you make a judgment call on whether I should be killed off or not? How fucking dare you? So, yeah, I have no problem calling these people out. And I think you're dead right to call people out. Dead right. Well done, Scott. Thanks for coming on and doing this with us. Far be it from me to um, uh, to, to uh, dissent from what, what you're saying, Martin. Um, you know, um, I, 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 can't fa- I can't fault what you're saying at all, Martin. But, uh, yeah, like... Um, I think maybe if if we ever do one of these again, like I'm gonna take notes Which next will. time, so I don't go off on a tangent, rambling. No, uh, and I, I get yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I'll I'll keep that in mind. If you do want me on again, I would I would. Oh lads, again, you know? lads, oh, yeah, lads, we'll let, me, let, 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 let make no doubt this is only the first of many appearances. Thanks so much to Scott. Thanks thanks to everybody's listening. Please sign the fucking petition for Zach if you're listening to this yes, and you haven't sign signed petition. it. So sign the petition and that, that'd that be a great help to us we want Zach home as soon as possible thanks for your support thanks for listening we have um, a lot of a, a lot of unfortunate I spoke to one of our friends in uh, in Gaza who's now in a, in a tent in, in Rafa and I'm trying to get a connection there so hopefully that will be the next podcast you'll be hearing but we will continue to cover events as best as we can on on the echo chamber thanks for thanks again and thanks again scott we'll talk to you all soon take care bye bye tony and martin martin and tony speaking to interesting people only it's the echo chamber podcast subscribe now on patreon